You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 329. This is the first of about a dozen or so post-practice training camp podcast episodes. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowton of Bleeding Green Nation. Say hi, Brandon. Hi, Brandon. I am Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com, and you know what time it is. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. It's Pilsner time. I'm going with the borough via Wrong Crowd Brewery. Order yours up at wrongcrowdbeer.com. It's a German pilsner. Uh, delivers the flavor of a German-style pilsner and the strength of an American standard lager. I'm going to take a nice. look at real quick. Sounds delicious, I'm sure, for the listeners who are listening in. Actually, that is awesome. <laughs> that That's is one actually of their big great. Ones, Jimmy. They talk about uh, the Pilsner. They really they're proud of their Pilsner. <laughs> that one's good. Uh, I I'm just trying that for the first time right now, and not bad after a day in uh, in in a uh, in heat uh, out on Whoa. the field at at uh, at the Novacare Complex. So uh, yeah, I'm going to enjoy that one throughout the podcast. But anyway, yeah. Uh, uh, our new sponsor, our friends over at Wrong Crowd Brewery. Again, wrongcrowdbeer.com. Order them up there or visit them in Westchester. Go check out a Phillies game or something there on their big screen TVs. Uh, yeah, uh, very happy about uh, bringing those guys aboard. And that that is actually a very good beer, and I am looking forward to pounding that for the rest a lot of the uh, I think you've used a lot of interesting turns of phrase here. Um, uh, training camp is here, Jimmy. <laughs> We're excited to start. Definitely a good way to celebrate uh with the wrong crowd beer um uh, hot day first day of camp lots to get to um i think my general overall takeaway and uh, for those who aren't familiar with this series for some reason if you're newer to the podcast typically what jimmy and i do is we typically we take our notes we type them up for uh, me for bleedinggreennation.com Jimmy Kempsey for phillyvoice.com. And then we kind of go through more in depth. Sometimes I feel like, you know, we share things that are only pod exclusive, maybe something that wasn't necessarily worth putting in the notes or, uh, or you can just add more color or context here and then yeah. in, a, in a written setting. So, you know, if you're reading them, listen to the pod too. <laughs> it provides some more context and clarity. Um, the editor, Jimmy, behind the scenes here at bleedingyournation.com. Not working right currently, so I'm actually potting first. But typically what we do mm. is we bat it back and forth here with some observations that we have. Take a little bit of a break. It's a shorter episode anyway. And we hand out our MVP, LVP, and then play of the day award winners each day. And of course, at the end of training camp, I'll tally all those up and we'll kind of look at the standings. It'll kind of be a little bit of a fun activity. Jimmy, why don't you start us off 
with your number one observation. Yeah, so this isn't a practice observation necessarily, but I do think it's interesting that they had only three people on, actually four, no, I guess it would be four, that have any kind of injuries at all. So it's a son Reddick with groin soreness. Um, and then so just a little inside baseball here. We get a group text from the Eagles PR department, uh, and they give us the injury report sometime like near the beginning of practice each day. Uh, and in parentheses next to him, it's I don't have it in front of me here, but it said something to the effect of like he'll, he'll be good to go for Wednesday. And that part in parentheses is noteworthy, in my opinion, because this doesn't seem to be as if like he's a hold in, so to speak, not a hold out, but a hold in because he is wildly underpaid <laughs> compared to, you know, the other uh, compared to a lot of other edge rushers in the NFL. You know, he's got 39.5 sacks during the regular season over the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. And that's third in the NFL uh, over that span. And he's like the 15th highest paid edge rusher in the NFL. Uh, so he'd have every reason to, you know, come into this camp and and sort of be looking for more money, as a lot of other players around the league have done. But uh, it appears that he's fine with what he's being paid, I think. <laughs> like, I don't I don't think, again, this groin soreness has anything to do with that. So uh, but it is sort of... With- Howie Roseman after practice, like oh, the did you? Okay, or, or, yeah, they're they were both in good spirits, laughing, joking around. So I don't know if that's anything, but this didn't seem to be any frostiness there. And then the other two, um, I guess the other three, excuse me, the other uh, Derek Barnett and Vontae Maddox were limited, and then uh, wide receiver Devin Allen is on the NFI list. That's non-football injury. It's basically the same thing as a, as the pup list, the physically unable to perform list which uh, players go on that if there's really any kind of chance at all that they might not be ready for the regular season, uh, they still count toward the 90-man roster for now. If they stay on the PUP slash NFI list heading into the regular season, uh, they have to stay there for at least four weeks. They can stay on it longer than that, and they won't count toward the 53-man roster. So if he's not back in time, that's maybe a guy that they can just kind of keep around, like yeah. sort of on the roster, but not really. Um, so I don't know that that's an inter- that's an interesting player to be on there. But it, it could be my really mind good or like really bad for him, kind of. It could be like good yeah, they can yeah. stash him, or bad because he's not getting a chance to show his stuff and be able to make the team. And he was in he was running some uh, hurdles events uh, yeah. over the summer, and I guess that's where he got injured. It's a yeah. calf injury for him, and you know at some point, when are you gonna just dedicate your full focus to football and i wonder i wonder if like that's sort of what the eagles are thinking um because you know this i mean ultimately this this calf injury is you know more harmful than good in my you know my strong opinion um so uh those are the four injuries but that just it's it's which is a very low number considering they went to the Super Bowl. So they have yeah. a much shorter off season. Lane Johnson had a, a surgery at the season was over on his adductor. Uh, Vontae Maddox had surgery. Um, he's He was limited, but he was out there and he was, he was practicing a little bit. It's kind of remarkable how, how, you know, much injury. I don't even know if I want to call it injury luck, but because I think there is some, they have sort of figured some things out uh, on the injury front. But they, you know, of course, as we know, like they had every starter available for the Super Bowl, which just that doesn't happen. <laughs> and now, like, you know, six months later, uh, whatever it is, you know, they're heading into the season in, in really good shape on the injury front. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good start for the team. 
Um, and then, of course, they're they're only going to have like a dozen practices in this training camp, which is probably the lightest training camp I've ever covered in in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you wonder if that's enough to have them prepare for the regular season. I think they've earned enough goodwill on that in that sure. um, the injury luck has been great the last two years when they've taken that approach. And they've also won each of the last two week ones the last two seasons. So, um, you know, I'm not in a position to kind of knock that at this point. Uh, not that I ever really did anyway, but uh, again, that they, they seem to have figured some things out uh, on the injury front when, you know, they had a lot of seasons in a row where it was a big problem for a long time. Giants, by contrast, put six players on the pup list to start training camp. Now, you know, I, I don't know how many of those guys are really in jeopardy of missing time in mm-hmm. terms of the regular season, but still, like, they're going to miss some training camp. They're not fully healthy. And the Arizona Cardinals, who weren't even, like, the Giants at least made the playoffs, but, you know, only made the divisional round, of course. Cardinals stunk, <laughs> and and they are putting, like, a number of players I saw, including uh, old friend Zach Ertz on the pup list to start training mm-hmm. camp. So just by contrast, and obviously going back to the last time the Eagles made the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl, uh, they had a lot of injuries that carried over into the next season, including yeah. the starting quarterback. So yeah. that's certainly worth noting. And, you know, it's not like an exciting practice observation itself on its surface, but it's literally the most important thing about training camp. I think I've talked about this before. Our, our old friend, Jason Brewer, former like founder, really, of BGN. I remember you wrote an article one year, the most important thing he's looking for in training camp. And it was just like, don't get injured. It's that simple. Like the, the, avoiding the injuries is the biggest thing they can do. Obviously some other things are nice to see and varying levels of importance, but the number one thing is stay healthy. And uh, Eagles are relatively and no one got hurt as far as we know on day one. So that's a success. Yeah. All, All right. right. You're up. My no, as a more general point, Sloppy first practice, which is not like, oh, my gosh, any kind of alarm. It's like concern level, I'd say, one out of ten. But, you know, it's the first day of training camp. There's going to be mistakes. Uh, really wasn't any kind of flashy for the most part. There's some there's some highlight moments. We'll get to our play of the day and everything. But I thought it was kind of not the most juice-filled practice training camp standard-wise that I've ever seen. Only went about an hour long, which is not atypical. The Eagles went like an hour, I remember, last year. Uh, first day of training camp, I was actually looking back at my notes out of curiosity. Uh, first day of training camp last year. So kind of sloppy. Nick Sirianni was really yelling at the team a lot on his yeah. megaphone that he had. There was like a lot of pre-snap penalties. I think there was at one point where there was like three in a row. Um, so it certainly was not the most crisp practice I've ever seen. Again, I don't really think that is any kind of concern, but it's just kind of context that, okay, there's some things to iron out. It's the first day of camp, and I'm sure they will. Yeah, on the on the Nick Sirianni point, it was Tyler Steen had a false start uh, on the first play. He got chewed out pretty good by Nick, and then on the next play, uh, defensive tackle jumped off jumped off sides. I didn't see who it was, and then Sirianni was screaming at the offensive line again. Not the not the guy that jumped off, but the offensive line for not touching the defender <laughs> yeah. and getting like the the free neutral zone infraction. Mm-hmm. So they got reamed out for that. And then on the third play. Uh, another guy jumped off sides again on defense. I think and I, I didn't see who that was, but Bo said after the practice that mm-hmm. it was Janarius Robinson. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, Nick blew up. So like Nick's screaming. Yeah. He's like, uh, you know, three, three straight plays with uh, uh, pre, pre-snap penalties. That's how you lose to bad teams. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he doesn't like the pre-snap penalties as mm-hmm. you know, no, no coach does, of course. And then like after, after they, you know, reset again, 
it was, there was a bad snap <laughs> from the center, yeah. uh, which didn't get yelled at or anything like that. But it was, it, that's, the, but, you know, to your point, uh, yeah, things are going to be sloppy early on in camp and especially on the offensive side of the ball. And we saw that today. What's your next? Yeah. So that was, uh, that basically happened on the second team uh, offensive line. Which uh, you know, I mentioned Tyler Steen is was on the second team. Cam Jurgens is getting you know f- the first looks at uh, first team right guard. But I thought it was also maybe um, the time now to kind of go through some of the depth chart. Okay, I don't want to call it minutia because this is this is kind of you know it's, it's a good starting depth point. Chart notes, yeah, yeah. Um, the two starting safeties. As expected for now, a re-blank at Chip and Terrell Edmonds. No surprise yep. there. Sidney Jones is going to work in there at some point, I would imagine. Sydney but Brown. right now, he's on, he's third team. You said so Sidney Jones. The, oh, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, Sidney Brown uh, is eventually going to work in there at some point. But for now, he's third team. Second team was Justin Evans and Kayvon Wallace. Uh, I thought it was interesting that right off the bat, uh, at linebacker, you know, N'Kobe Dean is, is, of course, the top linebacker. But Nicholas Morrow... And hey, Christian Ellis, both guy. got first team reps. Christian Ellis had a pick in the, uh, in, uh, you're probably going to get to that in a bit, but he had a pick in the end zone of Marcus Mariota. Uh, Zach McPherson was ahead of Josiah Scott in the slot. And then, you know, kind of less notably, but interesting, and uh, I guess, is uh, Tanner McKee and Ian Book both got third team reps, but McKee was up first on those. So, mm. Uh, that kind of tells me that he's sort of the number three guy uh, to begin camp, which I'm a little, maybe a little surprised by, but you know, again, not me, maybe also my guy. <laughs> um, you want to, you want to go Ellis here? I, I'm going to save that, but uh, okay. I mean, you brought it up already. I mean, it is, I did say like, sorry, sorry to be pat my back guy, but I, I am going to take somewhat of a win on that when I think I said and definitely before even OT started I was like I feel like Christian Ellis has the best chance to come out and like the book to be the most like come out of nowhere player I think I basically yeah. said and he said he has the highest delta like he could be like a starter uh, an interesting player for this team or he could get cut like he had a, a wide range of outcomes he stepped up here um three practices that we saw three interceptions like that's that's not nothing that's something <laughs> right you, you he's gonna make the team like i don't i don't think the getting cut part is even an option at this I, point well, I, yeah i agree i think he's uh, barring any kind of you know davion taylor disastrous summer from here on out yeah mm-hmm. I, I agree with that but i'll go with the fantasy football aspect here i'm sure some uh people might want to know that and the Eagles kind of set the table for this. It may have been like one of the first questions Nick Sirianni's press conference that he had with Howie Roseman prior to practice was that he talked about rotating the running backs. And a lot of times coaches talk about rotating guys through all out. And there's some level of BS there. They're not putting Jalen mm-hmm. Hurts on the third team. You know, they're not, they're not rotating at that spot. Um, certainly some spots do get rotated. Some don't. This running back thing is a true rotation. Like, DeAndre Swift was working with multiple teams. He was on the third team at mm-hmm. one point, second team, first team. Rashad Penny had the first carry of training camp, but also working with the backups at certain points as well. Kenny Gainwell involved. Boston Scott involved. Like um, Trey Sermon got reps. Like mm-hmm. there was there was a good mix. Pretty much everyone except Kennedy Brooks here. Kennedy like, Brooks got in there too, but he was with the third team guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but so, but he he was he was not with the first or second team. Yeah, and you know expected to be more of a camp body. Yeah. But the point is, like they're real, they truly are rotating. That's like a true open kind of competition there, and one that I think will be really interesting to see. Like I I would say it's one they can kind of um, 
so the term that I've heard like Sixers uh, reporters and uh, use when it has come to like different players on the bench kind of getting playing time or not, it's like a quiet tournament, quote unquote. Um, that was like, you know, guys like Shake Milton, these role player types who would like be in the lineup and then times not be in the lineup. And it would kind of evolve how they're playing and as the season's going, whatever. I almost think running back is like that to some extent in, in the terms of like if someone has, which I don't like this phrase, the hot hand, because that doesn't really make sense to me at running back. I think it should be the hot feet. But if anyone has the hot feet, then I think they should, you know, maybe ride that guy a little bit. But you say that, or I say that, I should say. And, you know, Rashad Penny is a guy like, you have to manage his touches, right? Like, yeah, you can't, you can't, yeah, you can't ride that guy. Yeah, yeah even like if he's awesome, which is a fine line because you want to win games too. You can't just like... If he's kicking ass against like the Cowboys or the 49ers, then just yeah. ride him then. Sure. But uh, otherwise, yeah, you're, you're limiting. But if he has what, like 25 carries against the Cardinals or whatever, then <laughs> yeah, maybe not right, it's a failure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they all did stuff today too. Like DeAndre Swift, you know, was pretty active in the passing game. He did have one play where he got the ball ripped out of his hands by uh, Tristan McCollum, backup safety, got picked off by Davion Taylor, but he made a lot of catches and you can see pretty clearly that he's going to be, you know, a weapon in the screen game. Mm -hmm. Rashad Penny, as you mentioned, like got some early carries, he got some goal line carries notably where, you know, he's trying to run guys over, which, you know, that's kind of pointless when there's like no pads on or whatever, but you can still see his explosiveness. Uh, I think he's fine. Like, I don't think there's any worries about his broken leg that he's coming off of uh, from a season ago. Kenny Gainwell had like a, a carry to the left side off tackle and he mm -hmm. spun to the outside too. It was a really nice looking move. Uh, got some extra yards on that. And then one of the plays of the day, this isn't my play of the day for later, but one of the plays of the day mm. was Boston Scott got out on the left side of the field and just juked the living crap out of Eli Ricks. Just basically left to Eli Ricks like broken ankles. And uh, it, Ricks just kind of like, he got juked and he was just kind of left standing there like out wide in the open and just just kind of hung his head like, I uh, got me. <laughs> so uh, yeah, all four of these guys actually made some plays today. Mm, uh, where else? Oh, no, you're up actually. I went with the running backs. All right. Um, so I will go to. Hmm. Well, let's go to the linebackers real quick okay. because I thought one one thing that was this isn't a practice observation necessarily, but um, since you mentioned the Howie slash Nick um, press conference, Nick or excuse me, Howie got asked uh, about the linebacker position and the depth there, and he said we're keeping all our options open. Mm -hmm. Which to me, in the context of the question and answer, meant we're looking around the league for <laughs> to you know to add some linebacker talent. And I don't think there's any secret that the the Eagles need more linebackers, whether it's uh, a starting level player or it's just a backup level player. But they need more players at that spot. And I think he's probably actively looking. Um, we we talked about this in in previous podcasts, but I think what they want to do is get a look at their linebackers and sort of determine if they have two legit starters or not. And if they feel like they don't, maybe they go a little bigger in terms of an acquisition of a, of a linebacker, whether, you know, if that's via mm -hmm. trade, they have 10 picks. If we're including uh, projected picks. compensatory picks, they have 10 picks in 2024. So they certainly have the ammo to go out and get, you know, a good veteran linebacker. Um, and then if they determine that they're that they do have a couple good starting linebackers and they go a little smaller and maybe just add a, a, a linebacker off the street, there are some you know veteran linebackers that are decent enough that could fill in in a pinch. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, the addition of a linebacker one way or the other is, is, is almost a certainty. I'll stay with linebacker and parlay it into it. A, another point here, Kobe Dean first day of training camp. Didn't really notice him a ton. The the most noteworthy thing I saw was when he got beat by Dallas Goddard in the red zone. Should mention, by the way, I don't think I don't know if we did that. The Eagles did all red zone today. Um, mm-hmm. So it wasn't like they opened the field up. But I did notice that at one point, which is not really you know the way I want to notice him after he had a quiet camp last year. So one day, but continuing to monitor to that at the same time, Dallas Goddard is pretty good and was pretty hard to stop in the red zone. Uh, I think the best play of the day from Jalen Hurt. So I thought he had a kind of uneventful day from a note perspective, at least. I don't think he did anything particularly flashy outside of when he rolled left at one point and threw across uh, his body, uh, fired a strike to Dallas Goddard in the end zone for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That was like, I was like, okay, that's a, that's a nice little uh, exciting play. That's something that was really the most I saw out of Hurts, but um uh, yeah, Goddard pretty hard to stop. The only guy I think I saw stop him was James Bradbury, who had a nice, really nice diving pass breakup at one point on the short um, route there uh, to the left side where he sniffed it out and just made a great play on the ball, which is what he does. You know, he always has a high uh, pass deflection number, so not shocking. Uh, not, mm-hmm. We're not like learning that James Bradbury is good all of a sudden, but nice to see him picking up where he left off. He had two. He had two pass breakups, okay. uh, specifically against Goddard, too. And one of them was like sort of a contested catch kind of uh, kind of play. Okay, so that was him. Yeah, I didn't yeah, see who he, that was. He was able to break that up. Um, and he's a guy that maybe they could use covering tight ends. Mm-hmm. Like if they had to do the Super Bowl over again, I think <laughs> it would make a lot of sense for him to be covering Travis Kelsey. Um, but the chip has sailed. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, the Super Bowl, uh, Jimmy. Goddard, uh, Goddard had a big day. Goddard was all over the place and made a lot of catches. A uh, bunch of them in the end zone, but the other tight end who had a nice day—maybe not a nice day, like like he was making catches all over the field—but had but had two mm. nice plays was Tyree Jackson. Yeah, Tyree Jackson was in the back of the end zone. This is my play of the day, by the way. I'll just I'll just uh, give mine right now. Um, he was sort of running along the back uh, of the of the end zone, and was it Mariota? Yep, I, I think it, it was, was Mariota, right? Yes, it was. He threw a nice ball. Uh, up high to Tyree. Tyree went up and got it. Toe tapped, uh, back of the end zone, touchdown. And when you're six seven, and you can get to the back of the end zone, and you can give a quarterback a target, just throw it up. Make sure it's high. Only I can get it. Nobody else is going to get mm-hmm. it. And you make a good throw. Those kinds of plays are like unstoppable. So I think that if Tyree Jackson can make something of this training camp like he did mm-hmm. in 2021, just to give a very brief, you know, recall, you know, recalling of his history. He was on fire in training camp in 2021. Like he was the guy that like everyone was saying, like stock up for that guy, just making plays all over the field. Impressive. I mean, his size, like at six, seven, two fifty ish. You can't miss him on the field, but he was like, he looked fast. He looked agile particularly for a guy that that has his measurements and then he had a back injury and that guy that kind of wrecked his season he wasn't he didn't return until like week nine or ten or something like that and then he barely played and then week eight he tears his acl in a meaningless game against dallas doesn't play at all in training camp in 2022 did get called up to the roster at some point and actually got into a couple games but was a total non-factor in 2022 so this is sort of in you know in my opinion i've said this in the past on the podcast here 
this is probably his last chance yep. to really kind of stand out again, or he's probably not going to be back. And so far, he's off to a good start because he made that play in the back of the end zone. Then another play, he made a catch in traffic, and I thought he looked good, you know, sort of moving after the catch. So, you know, maybe it's Tyree Jackson season again because, we'll like, maybe, maybe he's picking up where he left off in uh, 2021 camp, but he's got to stay healthy and he's got to be consistent stringing together these, you know, impressive days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, he's kind of like a dark horse candidate to make the roster. Yeah, I mean, he's in the mix, certainly. You're announcing yourself. It's a great day one. He's someone that Howie Rosen specifically talked about after they traded Zach Ertz, too. Like he brought up Tyree Jackson yeah. as part of the reason, not the only reason they traded Ertz, but like part of the equation there. They felt really good about him and his development. So certainly uh, a factor here. Uh, really good day one by him. Last thing I guess I'll say before we take a break, did not really... Uh, I sorry, I should say, was not really impressed with Marcus Mariota. Um, I thought he had a, a lot of Agreed. bad plays, uh, some like wild overthrows at some points. The 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 Tyree Jackson touchdown I thought was his best play of the day by far. Mm-hmm. Everything else that I can remember, and I'm looking at my notes here, was was not good. Again, some overthrows. He fumbled at one point, <laughs> which is like that's not good. No one's hitting you. Yeah. He fumbled after getting pressured by Nolan Smith, who also had an active day. Um, he also kind of, I guess it was, I think it was a bad snap. I don't know if you saw this. He had a bad, there was a bad snap at one point. Um, still, it seemed like he had a problem recovering it even so. And he ended up throwing the ball away, but it like is into the arms or into the hands of um, Janarius Robinson, danger of being picked there. So um, yeah, not a really good day for Marcus Mariota. So. He's got a funky throwing motion. Hmm. Kind of like, like he's kind of shot putting it sometimes. Yeah. yeah. He's just throwing it for like from his chin. It looks very weird. Yeah, so not a hot start <laughs> for him. We talked about how Minshew didn't really have a great camp last year. Obviously, when you're working with the backups at some level, um, that doesn't really, you know, it could be a different story if you're working with the starters. They certainly get more support when you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith as opposed to the backup receivers and backup offensive linemen, but still uh, not a hot start for him. Yeah, I agree there. All right, why don't we take a break, Jimmy, but not before we talk about one of our other sponsors that we love very much here on PGN Radio. That's right. It's Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. Check it out. Go to RighteousFelon.com. Discount code BGN20. That's right. You can use BGN20. We bumped it up to 20% for training camp, at least for the time being. You get 20% off your order. So if you've never had Righteous Felon Craft Jerky before, and I'm sure you have, but for some reason, if you're new, you haven't, now's the time to do it because BGN 20 will not last forever. It'll go back down at some point to BGN 15. So you want to get that extra 5% off, uh, go do it with discount code BGN 20 for 20% off your order. Best possible meat snacks that you can find. They have other non-meat snack options. And as I also point out, if for some reason... You don't like anything there? Well, I bet you might have a dog because who doesn't? They're man's best friend. And you can go to wildrangerpet.com and use that same discount code BGN20 for 20% off your order there for the best possible dog treats you can get, which are high quality. You know, it's not just like you're getting these cheap dog treats. Um, you're getting like real high quality stuff that's good for your your pets, which you love a lot. So you want them to be healthy as well. So go check that out. And we really appreciate you supporting the podcast. Back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is 
you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back here on BGN Radio, where I think I think Christian Roach will be okay with this. Correct me if I'm wrong. Why don't we make the awards here? Our daily training camp award sponsored by Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. And she okay. received an award <laughs> for being the best realtor in the history yeah. of the universe. Yes, she did. She's got a plaque on the wall. So I think it's only right we do that. Uh, each day <laughs> we'll bring you our Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and RoachRealtors.com. Uh, MVPs, LVPs, and plays of the day. Uh, okay. Who are you going to go with first with you? I'm going Goddard with my MVP. Mm, okay. Uh, I was debating between him and Tyree Jackson. Uh, Interesting. And Goddard just made plays all over the field today. Uh, yep. Basically okay. uncoverable. Um, you know, you mentioned the Bradbury breakup. I mentioned another Bradbury breakup. Th- those are just really heady plays mm-hmm. by Bradbury as opposed to Goddard just not getting open or whatever. But he was getting open at will. He was making catches. Like, I don't think he get. that's another guy that I don't think he gets as much credit for being as good as he is. And by the way, this is, this is going to be a player who we probably won't mention all that much in the podcast going forward because we just know he's good at this point. So like, and that's kind of how training camp goes. We kind of like, uh, over, uh, emphasize sort of the guys fighting for roster positions or starting spots or that yes. kind of thing. And we tend to ignore the players that we already know are good. So uh, may as well give Dallas Goddard his mention now before mm-hmm. he kind of goes, uh, before he kind of goes ignored at some point because he's before, too good. Before he gets his like five touchdowns and it's like, okay, boring, <laughs> gone. Right. Yeah. Right. Good. Oh, great. He's good. Cool. Uh, I'm going to go with Christian Ellis because he's my guy and okay. You know, he only had, I guess he only had the interception, you could say. And it was a, it was a bad pass, to be clear, from Mariota. Just I don't even know if you didn't see him there or what. But still, again, the totality of three interceptions in three practices that the media has been able to attend dating back to OTAs is, again, certainly something. Um, was rotating in with the first team as well with Morrow getting some. So he's like getting some time here. At the same time, he was also in that period at the end of the practice that they do for young players 
only. So I thought that was kind of <laughs> right. Like weird. As like you a said, like player. a wide spectrum of uh of of outcomes for him. Like mm-hmm. can can again, I, I don't think I don't think he's in danger of not making the team. But as you said, like could start or not make the team. Well, in training camp practice, he was with the first team and he was also with the development guys. Yes. <laughs> I also think some of that could be he might want the reps. You know, he might like he could might be. be he might be asking for them and wants to really, you know, do everything he can to stick around. And if that's the case, I give him a lot of credit for that. Um, but yeah, his interception. I could have went with Bradbury here, but I feel like I'm almost giving Bradbury like he's he's almost graduated out of needing to earn this. So I think Christian Ellis deserves some love. And we didn't do MVPs, LVPs for OTAs. That didn't count. So uh, I'm kind of also doing some backfill here by putting him in. I'll do Christian Ellis as my MVP. Who is your LVP? I'm going to go with the entire second team offensive line. Wow. Entire second team. Let me write this down. Second team offensive line, which by the way, did you re- read off who that was from left to right earlier? Yeah. So it was Roderick Johnson Rod at left John. tackle. He's only there. It'll be Dennis Kelly at some point. Yeah. But Dennis Kelly just got to the team. So he was on the third team. Yep. So let's just let's just call it Dennis. Dennis Kelly isn't part of my LVP team here, but let's just call him second team. Uh, left guard, Sua Opeta. Center, Brett Toth. Mm-hmm. Right guard, Tyler Steen. And right tackle, Jack Driscoll. And I thought they all struggled in, in various ways. Um, yep. I thought Driscoll had his hands full with Nolan Smith. Steen had the false start. Yep. Toth had a bunch of errant snaps. Uh, Opeta, uh, I saw, I didn't see what he did, but I saw him getting chewed out at one point. Okay. So you look at like what this, this, uh, what this team had in, you know, offensive line depth a season ago. And I actually think they have good depth still now, but it's not as good as it was last year. So mm-hmm. that is sort of a question, like an under the radar question mark for me. Uh, that second team offensive line. I think the the acquisition of Dennis Kelly makes a lot of sense. And if he can still play, yes. then he's a guard tackle versatile player. And I think he's going to help a lot, but not great today. <laughs> and again, day one sloppy, you know, do you expect it? But not great today. Well, there's also a difference between these guys playing all together versus you're putting one of them in with a bunch of other really good offensive linemen. And that kind of helps cover up for each other where altogether they don't do that so much. Uh, you know, we've seen that, I think, at times like Jack Driscoll when he's had to play. Um, the other thing, of, too, is like that. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go. You got it. Yeah, the, the other thing, too, is like the, the second team, just generally speaking in training camp, especially with the Eagles, when they have oh, yes. extreme depth along their defensive line. Say. Yep. They're like starters that are on the second team defensive line going up against backups. Yeah. So like the backups are going to be at a disadvantage on that. I agree. Uh, it's not proportional. It's not like, well, second team offensive line is the same talent, quality, and everything as the second team defensive line. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have Jalen Carter on the second team defensive <laughs> right. line. Yeah, like, Brandon who, Graham, like going against Roderick Johnson. Yeah, 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 that's, <laughs> like, yeah, it's a mismatch. It's, yeah, it's definitely a mismatch. I agree, though. I think it's it's fair. Um, I will say it's interesting that Toth. It was interesting to me that they have Toth at second team center. They've put him at every single position, really. I think on the offensive line yeah. since he's been here, which is not like something they typically do with guys um, that much. I mean, like I've seen cer- certainly tackle guards, I've seen guard centers. I've not seen all five positions really. So I guess that means they like him a little bit. I mean, second team center reps, like that's that's something. He also like Tyree Jackson, pretty much missed. You know, missed all of training camp, and then the entire season mm-hmm. basically Jackson was activated a bit before he was, but still um, interesting kind of to monitor where he's going to be at real quick on Dennis Kelly. I mentioned this to you at practice because um, you had asked me, you were like, 
do you remember what Dennis Kelly's number used to be? And I was like, yeah, I did because I saw Zach Berman t- tweet this, um, which is funny because you didn't know that. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the listeners who want to play along, you can give yourself a second here as I buy some time to guess what it was. I don't know if that's really exciting. Okay. So now he is wearing 72. He was previously wearing 67. That's a huge glow up if we're going to go into the jersey <laughs> number analytics, hashtag jersey number analytics discussion here. I mean, 72 was once worn by Trey Thomas. Like, that's a really mm-hmm. good, especially for a tackle. For a guard, I don't love it as much. For 67, um, if Dennis Kelly was playing guard, which he was earlier on his career, that's okay. Um, I still don't love it on him because he's such a tall guy. Like he he looks Big like a tackle. Big V was seventy two, right? It was yes, also so was Big right? V. Yeah. yeah, so that's a good, especially that's a good tackle number. I feel much better about Dennis Kelly here. This is and especially to join the team so late to get a, a quality number like that. Like that's a that's a really good look for him. So shout well, here's out here's the Dennis counterpoint. Kelly. He's got a share seventy two. Oh no, with who? Moro Jomo is also seventy two. Oh, that's right. Is he? Yeah, he is. Right. Yeah. He's not seventy three. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean that'll change at some point. But um, yeah, <laughs> who gets job. the key? So if they both make the team, who keeps seventy two? I think you. I think Dennis Kelly they give it to the seventy two, and then I think or, Ojomo will catch on with another uh, number here at some point. He you probably doesn't. Seventy two is a bad number for uh, defensive tackle, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, so he'll probably is. be happy to get out of seventy two. Something will open up. I don't know. Um, maybe something. I don't know. Seventy two offensive tackle, good. Seventy two defensive tackle, bad. 72 last year was Linval Joseph, I believe. I think that's what he wore when he was on the that Eagles. That might be right. Uh, anyway. Or was he 73? So. All right. He anyway. 72. Yeah. Uh, that's I, I have Marcus Mariota. <laughs> I'm putting him down as my LVP. They had Minshew as my LVP the first day last year. So the backup okay. quarterback, not really favorable. Certainly, again, to be fair to Mariota, was not was being done no favors by his offensive line. But – Dude, you can't fumble and practice where no one's even allowed to hit you. And um, the interception was bad. It was a bad interception. And some of those overthrows were wild. So, yeah, not really uh, able to give him the benefit of the doubt here today. He is my LVP. Linval Joseph was 72, by the way. You're correct. Yes. All right. What's your play of the day? You already said yours was Tyree Jackson. A nice touchdown catch from Mariota. Um. What did I have here written down? I so I wanted I don't want to double up. I, this is part of why I wanted you to go first because I don't think anything was so amazing that it had to be doubled up on and get that extra point. So if you went with something, I definitely was trying to stay away from that mm-hmm. um, to avoid the doubling. Uh, I think I'm, I mean that that interception by Davion Taylor it wasn't like his play, but that was like a nice it was McCollum little, made a nice play. I on saw that. that. Yeah, it was a nice that was a nice little sequence there by the defense. Um, <clears throat> I didn't give him the MVP and I considered him for it. So I'll, I'll show James Bradbury some love here. I thought that pass okay. break up to Dallas Goddard again, I said like, and we, we both said, and you gave Goddard your MVP, not an easy guy to cover. One of the only guys who had success doing that was James Bradbury. So let's give him some love and we'll go with the James Bradbury. Uh, I'm going to go specifically the pass break up near the goal line. Um, but mm-hmm. either, I mean, in any case, he just deserves credit for, for being a very good player. But didn't make the NFL top 100. Kind of, kind of. Uh, I mean, whatever. That list is kind of a joke. But you know, that's a uh, that's a snub. <laughs> I, I I jokingly asked Lane Johnson today, were you in there, were you in there for that? I didn't hear this. I said, Lane, do you think you're going to make the, a, a top 100 list this year? I was kidding. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you know, I may, we'll see. Maybe. I hope so. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, man, I'm just kidding. That was a sarcastic question. <laughs> that's funny. 
I mean, he was the second team all pro last year. <laughs> like, can't oh, make James the top, Yeah, 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 yeah. The There's probably there's definitely some there's definitely some corners on that list that are not as good as him without without even looking. Do you remember like, oh, man, this is too deep in the weeds. Remember there was like someone who was at a hundred or like some of the. Remember the some of the past inclusions that have just been so like obviously bad. I, I'm trying to think of <laughs> yeah. them. It's like what? Like really? Are you serious? Uh, I can't remember. But so is the Pro Bowl. I mean, the Pro Bowl is a joke too. Tyler freaking Huntley made the Pro Bowl last year. How? Like, what are we doing? Are you kidding me? <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, I like you Tyler only Huntley. Like, you only for, like four starts or something like that too right? <laughs> for for like a backup. But like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts, Jimmy, as we wrap up again, these episodes are generally going to be shorter ish. We're going to aim for that 40 minutes or so because we're doing one every single practice. So it's not like, you know, our once a week episodes that typically go from an hour to an hour 30. Uh, eh, final thought. No, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll pass on my final thought to you. Wow. Deferring. So I get two final thoughts then. Okay. Number okay. one yeah. um, is that uh, Eagles are off tomorrow and, or, I mean, though they have a walkthrough, but, no eagle, uh, no training camp practice notes on Thursday. They will be back on Friday. You talked about the late training camp. It's gonna I be mean, it's gonna be a hundred on Friday. By the way, oh, man, uh, definitely <laughs> feeling that out there. Oh, question for you: Did you notice anything out of Ty Zentner versus Sipos? Because I had to. I oh yeah, away. I should have mentioned that. By the way, I, I did a, not. This can be your final thought <laughs> here. I'm giving you your yes. final. Th- oh, you didn't. I'll take I'll take I'll take my final thought here. I, I watched them, so I watched him and Zentner punt. I did not time them for hang time. I wound up getting into wow. a conversation. I won't say who because I don't want to make them feel bad. <laughs> but like I got into a conversation and when they were punting and I felt like I I felt like rude to me to stop mm. talking to them so I could time <laughs> hang time punts. Um but I, like I did to watch them. It's like Mike Quick or something. It's like someone <laughs> excuse me, Mike Quick. Yeah, hold on. Mike. I gotta I gotta time Ty Zentner here. <laughs> <laughs> uh but no uh it wasn't my quick to be clear uh nice. it looked to me like sipas you know pretty clearly had the better day than than uh than okay. tyler than ty zentner again but mm. but again i didn't time them for hang time so i don't have that data yeah. this time around um so i and and i wasn't wa- i was watching you know i was watching them but i wasn't I, from my vantage point i couldn't tell how f- i couldn't properly gauge distance uh, I could see if somebody was hitting a bomb like high and far, and Sipos actually had a couple of them. Sipos is out punting Denner so far is pretty, yeah. pretty much the bottom line from from what we've seen in OTAs and and so far through this one practice. So if you're if you're an anti Sipos guy, I think every brace for it, folks. <laughs> I like how you did your little Eagles uh, article where you like grouped all the players into different categories and, oh, and Sipos is under like. Actively rooting to not make the team or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Uh, I said earlier, I think you missed it, that I rewatched the Super Bowl on Sunday night, I believe. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm still working on an article for that. I wanted to have it done before camp, but I couldn't. And uh, it was interesting. It was. I don't think it was as hurtful or frustrating as I thought it was going to be. But there were some interesting takeaways. And one of them, uh, we talked about Kenny Gainwell earlier. He did not have a good game in that game. Neither did Miles Sanders. Like The running backs as a whole didn't. But mm-hmm. like some like underrated bad moments in that game in terms of getting stopped short. He got stopped short at the goal line on the first touchdown. Like he was ruled he was in. He misses that. Is that the biggest deal in the world since they sneak it in? Like, no. But at the same time, you could have used those extra 10, whatever, 15 seconds that ran off the clock at the end of the game. Like, and he was just like almost there. Like, he's got to get in. Uh, the second time he was 
like he it looked like he could have gotten the first down. I think it was second and two. And then he just trips for like no good reason. I mean, the field was bad, so that's maybe that's part of it. But also yeah. even still, like fell in a way or didn't like power through enough where he could still get beyond the marker. He goes go for it on or they're at third and one. Samalo has the false start. It's third and six. Jalen Hurts quarterback power. Um or design QB run and drops the ball, Chiefs score a touchdown. So, like, you know, the mistakes kind of added up with him. And also late in the game, he had a uh, uh, thing where, like, he caught a pass, and instead of, like, taking his momentum with him in stride and maybe getting to, like, fourth and four, he stopped, tried to, like, juke the I remember that play. but only lost yeah. ground or at, at best stayed even. And then that yeah. was fourth and six. And I think that's where Sirianni decided to just go for the field goal. I mean, you know, maybe if you get to fourth and four, you go for it there. Um, mm-hmm. so anyway, not to destroy Kenny Gainwell, but I was just like, oh, like, you know, we think of him having this great playoffs and I think he did do well in the playoff games leading up to the Super Bowl. The Super mm-hmm. Bowl, though, I didn't, I didn't really love what I saw out of that one. So, um, I heard, uh, I've, I've heard some podcasters out there and, and writers kind of hyping up Kenny Gainwell a little bit and I'm like, eh, I don't know. Um, you know, I think he makes the team and he plays a role, but I don't know about him, you know, being like RB1 by any means. Uh, Jimmy, I missed the punting and I asked you about it in part because special teams typically is a time where there isn't much to see as much bad job by me. I forgot there's a punter battle going on. There really isn't in my mind because I think it is <laughs> going to be Sipa. So that's part of why, um, I think I forgot about it. I hope I'm wrong about that. Uh, but I went over to the Rita's water ice truck because it's hot out there and a little bit of water ice can go a long way. Helps cool you down, gets me refreshed, feels like I can, you know, make it through the rest of practice. So I, I did that. What'd you go with? Uh, you're a green apple guy, right? Well, they had five flavors today, which is atypical. Typically, they have they have four, four, right? Usually. And usually. Let me are, guess them. Hold on. Yep. Mango. Yep. Swedish fish is a staple. Yep. Green apple. No, that's not one of the regulars. They had that today, but that is not oh, a regular. Okay. Juicy pear. That's sometimes there, but also not, I would say, a regular. Blue raspberry. That's a regular. That's a staple. And you're missing one. Lemon? Lemon. Yep. So they had all five of the staples, blue raspberry, lemon, mango, sweetest fish. But they also had the green apple. And I had to get the green apple. It was a treat. I typically go sweetest fish. And if I get tired of sweetest fish from having it a lot in camp or I'm just not feeling it that day, then I'll do a mango. Mango is a pretty strong flavor. I'm not even a mango fan, but the mango water ice is delicious. Agree. I'm a big – I think – I don't know how many things I can say this about, maybe some, but I'm definitely a mango, the flavor over mango, the fruit person. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the Rita's water ice mango is is a very strong execution uh, of the mango flavor. So shout out to them. (laughs) Um, Hit us with your Rita's water ice flavor that you would have gotten with hashtag Rita's choice. I'm a big root beer guy. Do they wow. have root beer? Yeah. Root beer ice, you mean? It's not like a root yeah. beer float? What about a root beer float? I like a root beer float. Do you like root beer? Yeah. Would you drink a Barks straight up? Like a soda? Sure. A root beer soda? Sure. My mom used to actually get me a Barks and like a twist, not like a regular soft pretzel, but you know, like the bra- the like the braided style sure. soft pretzel. When I was a kid, I'd get home from school and sometimes there, there'd be a Barks. And wow. Wow twisty pretzel waiting for me on the kitchen table that's a good combo that's a strong combo yeah. by yeah. Uh, your mom there. okay so again no eagles practice on thursday so then we will be back with you after practice on friday next time 
and it'll be fun. It'll be exciting. So we can't wait to do that. Jimmy is available to follow on Twitter and threads at Jimmy Kemsky. Same thing for me uh, at Brandon Gowton. Check my work out at bleedinggreennation.com. Jimmy's work at phillyvoice.com. You can check out our sponsors, Wrong Crowd Brewing Company, uh, especially if you're 21 or older, if you're drinking. Uh, you can check out Kristen Roach, Roach Realtors, roachrealtors.com, and also Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, righteousfelon.com, and also the tied-in wildrangerpet.com for your dog treats. Does that sound good, Jimmy? Are you ready to wrap it up? I'm ready to wrap. All right. Goodbye, Bye. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> P G N. <laughs> <laughs>